Hi, I'm Cornell. I'm Glenroy. And I'm Kareem. And welcome to the Pat. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast where three hair whipping, heel strutting Jamaican queens talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. I am I'm glad that I'm not the only one to have made a mistake. So I will come in confident today and the Kazan spirit said, pull up the something. And I said to the spirit, not right now. I'm a pro at this man. I don't need that. And still come in with podcast miss out the fish to you. Mm. <sighs> I mean, I haven't been pulling it up, but you know, that's fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Not to make you feel bad, but just so you know, I have not been pulling it up for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Same, sis. Try again. <laughs> so, uh, go on, roll up, people. How's it going? Ciao. I mean, hmm. I was very productive this week with work, so I was very proud of that. I really got a lot done that I wanted to get done. And classes start back in a couple of days, so I have to get used to now doing my tutorials online. But that, that's been it. And Javen come deliver two pieces to me a while ago, so I really appreciate it. So for Easter weekend, curfew's at three o'clock. So child, we ain't going nowhere. So as you wake up, you have to turn in my yard. So that's that on that. Three o'clock? Yeah, you. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I get it and I understand why it's necessary, but three o'clock? Big, big Easter weekend. Well, them selling out. Our beaches are closed. Them selling out going nowhere. Well, apparently he, Andrew, Hall, Andrew Holiness has been getting a lot of praise from some American and public leaders because of his proactiveness with this whole thing. Proactiveness is a word? That's not, let me just make it up. I think that it's is a not but apparently they the especially the the lead health person when a trump official them has been congratulating him on being proactive as early as the coronavirus. Is it the Fauci guy? I think so. Is that his name? Short white guy? Yeah, might be that person. So wait, Glenroy, is is what did uh JVN bring with the stew peas or what did he make? Put in the stew peas. Pigtail, not pig's tail. <laughs> Come on, Tommy Ed. We're not gonna say it. I'm saying no, man. Happy to have girl today. Not today. Let me leave her alone. But the spinners them also. But when I eat it yet, but I'm gonna have it for my lunch or post dinner, depending on what I feel like. I'm cooking it today, but I cook it after curfew, so I couldn't get it till morning. <laughs> uh-huh. I wasn't gonna risk it all. Yeah, bowl of stew peas. Can you imagine? Big, big headline. Child, actually, no. But have you been seeing some of the videos of? People staring when the police come around to enforce the curfew. Yes. <laughs> like, it's been crazy. Mm-hmm. I was reading something this morning that said, you know, depending on where people live, it's really hard to do the whole social, social isolation thing because people's homes and, like, neighborhoods, houses are so densely populated. So it's, it's not like people have, you know, these wide sprawling backyards and gated fences and all these things to keep them away from other people. But I don't know. I've been hearing this underground parties which is both exciting <laughs> and terrifying child i one video yesterday i want big big one big big because you know what's killing me in the video one of the guys have on a mask in the video you know but all, everybody i wind up right everybody you know but the child have on a mask in the party and i was just like then then oh this makes sense oh, <laughs> oh how does this help sir like <laughs> asking <laughs> 
I mean, Jamaica has about have a party pan or rooftop. I saw the video. I was like, what? Well, let's sit down there. Well, we're out the middle. Cornell, you good, sis? How's it? How, what's going on? I'm good. I've been going out for more or less daily walks. I am making phone calls while I'm doing those daily walks to people that I haven't spoken to in a while. So that's been good. I Oh, you know what? Actually, let me just finish and then, then I'll ask Glenn Roy. What else have I been doing? I'm debating whether or not to get Disney Plus as an option to like watch stuff on the TV. But otherwise, I've been making some progress yeah. with the dissertation stuff. But what I wanted to ask Glenn Roy is, I heard, or what if I heard, but I saw that you were watching Tiger King and I wanted to know like, what have you finished? But like, what are your kind of overall thoughts? Thoughts. I thought I said I had finished. I never thought I'm gonna finish last week. Oh no, I didn't finish last week. I started. Child, child. It's Tiger King over it. Child, and apparently there's a follow up now that may have to go what? Already? I thought it. I thought they were waiting to release. Someone just tweeted it, so I'm gonna have to look at it. Child, it's a mess. Like, like it took so many crazy ass left turns. First of all, the whole murder mystery with the woman with Carol came out of nowhere. Like, out of nowhere. <laughs> episode three. Carol killed her husband. What? And fed him to the tigers. And then episode five, Joe run for president. What? Like. <laughs> and then because him, they went for president, run for governor. For governor. Mm. I thought, I think Joe was set up. I'm not saying Joe is not capable of doing that, but Joe was set up by Jeff and the other guy, James. All of them. All of them. I what? think at some point, they all kind of like, and then they all started to turn on each other, which made it even more like ama- amusing. I was like, what? Y'all. <laughs> Like, you keep thinking this must be scripted, mm-hmm. but it, it's not. Yeah, it's crazy. It's all I'm going to say. Billy, realness. Imagine. I told y'all white people aren't okay. So. <laughs> Child. Ooh. Oh, Kareem. Cornell, you thought it. You said it, but I thought it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your week being like, Kareem? Oh, God. I mean, still homeschooling. People are picking me. I don't give a man one name, but whatever. And... Uh, I'm making progress on some work. I wish it was my dissertation. It's not, but it's still work that needs to get done nonetheless. It's other research projects, it's other other stuff. And so this week I'm going to make a more deliberate effort to really get around to the dissertation because I got an email from my chair, from my, the, the chair of my department and I was like, oh, I did tell you I was going to be finished with a, maybe a third of this by the end of May, right? Okay, great. Let me, <laughs> let me get back on track. So... That's that. But besides that, I'm grateful that I'm making progress nonetheless in whatever way that might look like because Lord knows the first two weeks was rough. Yeah. I mean, I was saying to someone the other day that it's wild to me that people are still moving and acting as if everything is normal. And so classes are still proceeding forward. You know, people are setting up for like summer courses and all of these things. And I'm like, does any of this actually matter right now? And I don't know if it's like a good thing to keep people's like mind from not wondering too much or if it's just like just like a really bad practice and if it's the case that we should be directing our energy elsewhere but I mean I don't know I don't know what the solution is but I I've heard that for people at least who are graduating this year it like really sucks for them because one they don't get to celebrate graduation with you know the people that they care for but also the job market is going to be or is a hot mess right now so that's also well brother's graduating and I heard him say yep I'm the class of COVID-19 I'm nearly dead (laughs) (laughs) yeah actually my graduation was supposed to be in July and I was considering going all the way way to London so I never did but I I thought I wanted to but then this happened so (laughs) 
I'm taking it in the mail. I mean, I'm already going to get the degree in the mail, but you know, I really was considering it. Right. Mm-hmm. And wipe down the envelope with Lysom and so. It's from a lesson. Oh, God. Hello. Hey, hold up, hold up. We have to celebrate that moment. Cornell did a proper answer a while ago. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> um, first thing I was that. We hear it. You're gone. You go on. I appreciate that. I was like, are y'all really not gonna comment on this? Actually, like, oh, wow. How much time you practicing, No, I've been hearing it like too often from y'all. So I've, you know, I've uh, amassed the knowledge <laughs> and the know-how. I mean, you can't watch a lot of porn. That doesn't necessarily mean you can have good sex. So, oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that was not for you. That's for all of the tops out there. That's what they're doing. Something. No shade. No, it's all love. It's all It's because we care about you and want to see you do better. That's <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right, I'm going to stop. Right. <laughs> Unruly. Anyways, so this week... That was loud, I bet. This week, <laughs> we're doing part two to 21 questions with the Glenn Devo, the baddest bitch in the game, because Kareem... <laughs> and I'm speaking in the third person right now. Um, Kareem completely neglected a whole bunch of wonderful and juicy questions from our listeners. And I'm so sorry because I didn't know how to work the Instagram. I mean, I've been working Instagram, but I didn't know that when I post it like that, the questions actually go to the notifications and not to the inbox. So I was checking the inboxes and I was like, where are the messages? There were none. So my mis- my mistake. So we're going to honor your questions and we're going to give Glenn Roy the platform, put him in a hot seat again for the next couple of minutes to get through some of these questions. So here we go. Cornell, take it away, darling. Okay, so this uh, listener says, first of all, thank you for your visibility, uh, sending love from the diaspora. And then the question is, Glenoy, what has navigating space looked like over the years for you? That's quite general, but first I want to say thanks for saying what they said about my visibility. Really appreciate it. Well, I guess... Navigating space has become easier over time. I think Carnell had said it last week. I, I tend to be, I have the same genuineness in every space I go. Um, and I know I can, my personality can be polarizing as well. So with that knowledge, more and more, I end up in spaces that I'm comfortable being in. So it, it doesn't take a lot for me to kind of, kind of break down some of my walls and let people see all of me. So professional, fun, happy-go-lucky, all of that. So it's, it's become easier. And I think with increased access and privileges, I worry less about the spaces that I go into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, enough, Kristen, isn't it? All right. So here you go. Do you think your type of forever love can be found and nurtured in Jamaica? I think it can. Because I think love, I don't think true love is inherent. I think it's made. And I feel like it, it's very possible here. I just know that there needs to be the right set of conditions. And that the, therefore, the, per, the per, people, there's a small group of people who would qualify into, to be able to kind of have the kind of relationship that I want because then you know like I said before they have certain levels of self-acceptance self-love not to be worried about certain forms of visibility yada 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 but once they have that I think it's definitely possible to build on it to make it happen I mean people have relationships that are long-standing um, and they morph and change and become more complex over time yeah but they still exist and I think it's possible for me as well mm-hmm. can I just 
Uh, well, do a, a quick follow-up question. So you've spoken in at various points about what you look for or want in a partner. And you had said that one of your concerns is it might be a, more difficult for you because of the kind of uh, visibility that you have in Jamaica. And so if you had, to, okay, so for example, at some point in the near future, you find yourself a partner, you're, you both of you gel well. What does that dynamic look for you in a kind of day-to-day sense where the person that you are in your personal and public life and your professional life coincides with whatever this person, like what does that look for you on a kind of like day-to-day basis? I mean, so actually the, the reality is just based on my past relationships that on a day-to-day basis, you know, we, it's, 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 kinda, it's quite easy. I go home, I work a certain, I work long hours, I come back home, I just want to relax and have somebody there who will cook. <laughs> <laughs> cannot matter but to kind of relax me i think what is important to me is the the kinds of affirmations that i needed so remember when we did the love languages one it was just quality time going out together making plans so that's what i need so day to day it's very easy to just be there i think there are just certain things that i need to see happen for me to feel affirmed and feel safe and loved within the context of the relationship and it doesn't mean planning to take me out at different points it does mean showing up for me at uh, one or two events that's what it means for me okay all right it's my question <laughs> okay so if you could oh all right right we're, we're, we're pulling out capes and heels today so if you could walk an international runway which designer would you want to walk for oh gosh you see this assumes that i know more about fashion than i actually do <laughs> what's the name of the guy that now hosts project runway christian siriano yes it would be him why because siriano he he makes for everybody right i like that he kind of tailors to make his clothes clothing accessible but it's still very kind of high fashion when he wants it to be so i think he would definitely be the person i would wear i love him because i even can't buy the big foot girl shoes then on a playlist because <laughs> he designed shoes for playlists so i was able to you know he goes up to a size 13 and so a sis was able to grab a you. Yeah. Wait, pillars closed though, right? Didn't they? Yeah, they closed. Yeah. So when oh, they closed, okay. I got like four pairs of heels for like thirty dollars, which was like unheard of. A steal. Right? Wow. So, ooh. If oppression, dysfunction, and all that didn't exist, what would you be doing? And part mm-hmm. two of that says, do you do that vision regardless of oppression? Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd probably do it property law. Who knows? child you know or maybe i'd be i mean so say i did law it probably would have been property law because i've always found it interesting or say I, I did i ended up studying french i'd be doing that i'd be doing some translation somewhere and an interpretation somewhere so that's that's what my life would probably have been like all of them would still want to be a reality tv star so there's that well yeah and the, the second part was what would you be do you do that vision regardless of a person oh well i still i want to be at a place where i'm sufficiently comfortable with french um because i i still have a lot of knowledge but you know i i haven't studied it since sixth form so you know years ago that so i definitely want to hone it some more so i can do it but in but more for my own personal reasons not for professional reasons so i i, I hope that answers the question actually i don't i don't this isn't a question but i don't think I know the answer to this. Since we're talking about like how you came to the work that you're doing or might be doing otherwise, like how did you end up in the, or like what drew you to the work that you're doing now, I guess would be a better way to phrase that question. Oh, I've told this story before. It's actually a very easy, easy answer. One day in, one day I went back to faculty and I mocked up, pretending that's a word, <laughs> um, but I happened upon one of my lecturers um, and we were talking about, I don't remember 
what we are talking about. And then I asked her about a case that she was working on, which was um, the case, case challenging cross-dressing laws in Guyana because she had presented it in class. This was after the semester had finished. And she, she gave me an update about it. And so the next semester, when I specifically was taking all the courses that she was teaching, is Tracy Robinson. Oh, I met Tracy. Oh my God, she's great. Love her. She's, I always say she's who made me who I am today. So she said, Glenora, do you want to work on this case with me? I was like, of course, you know? And so that happened. And then after that, she introduced me to Javion because at that time, JFLAG was doing, uh, they, were, they had sent a submission to Parliament or were sending a submission to Parliament around the Sexual Offences Act. And so she, Javion had reached out to her and she said, she suggested me and Xavier. And we didn't get to work on work with them for that part, for the, the actual written submission, but we ended, I ended up fixing up their oral submission to kind of broaden how it was framed. And then after that, it was just like one opportunity after the next. So Javion asked me to do a research paper on National Human Rights Institution. I did that. Then in 2016, early 2016, we talked about doing a broader research into all the ways laws affect LGBT people. And I did it. I led a, a research team of three and that was my entry into the work that I do. So I took that research paper and I started my internship there in June of 2016 and essentially kind of shifted how the organization talked about laws and ensured that we were focusing broadly on a number of different laws. And then that's, and I became staff in the September of 2016. So yeah, it was really just one question to a lecturer that kind of snowballed into where I am right now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so Forty Screen, where would, oh, okay. So bear with me because I don't know the entire background to this, but so it begins Forty Screen, um, where would you place Xavier in the house of Eden? No. Is that no. a question? No, what? in Fortis Queen, do you regret anything about that moment? Oh, I only saw the, okay, you know what? It hid the thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I mean, I, I mean, the shoes were painful because they're actually not my size. I thought they were. <laughs> we did buy them online and I bought them the same size as my previous shoes, so I thought they would fit. They didn't. And of course, that healing also be challenging. But I had so much fun doing it. Actually, taking the pictures, random people were taking my photos while Chris was taking my picture the day I remember. But it, I thought, I think it's probably one of the proudest things I've ever done. And I remember Suel had said something to me that you live the personal is political in your daily life. And that touched me. And I think for the people that did come up to me after and say, I'm glad you did it, it meant a lot. And I and I still think that I need to do more versions of it. I mean, I don't even know in a regular COVID cabinet, I don't know about it, why everybody I worry about COVID. But I don't plan on it's not a one-time thing. Fortune Screen is a is a project, a personal project that I plan to work on for years and years to come. I remember that. I remember that episode you spoke about that too. Yeah. Wait, that was mine. No, it's your turn. Okay. No, she ended up reading it for yeah, you. I was like, oh my God. Wow. Okay. So the question <laughs> that I messed up was, where is it? It is, where would you place Xavier or Xavier in the house of Yemoja? It's so interesting because for me... Xavier, Xavier was never my mother or anything like that, but Xavier definitely, you know, that friend that takes you along and supports you and teaches you the ways of things. He was that for me. And so if anything, he would have to be big, uh, even a bigger sister in that, in that kind of frame. Like I have my sisters, but I'm the oldest. Xavier would have to be that. Wow. So almost like a, an, an older sister who probably has their own house, but that would be home. <laughs> Okay. But kind of recognized as even bigger than the mother herself. Oh, I see. I see. That kind of sister. I, I have the, I see the image. Right. Uh, what okay. does your take on the Vibes Cartel at you? What a woman put on the, on the podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually did read the case. It was quite long. Um, I think 
that the, for the most part, that the judgment was quite reasoned, that the Court of Appeal, I mean, a lot of the arguments that were made around like, and this is a very legal, technical legal thing, but they made a lot of arguments about the judge's summation. And I think the Court of Appeal got parts of it right. And that well, got it mostly right and said, you know, you're wrong for it. The, there was nothing wrong with how the judge did the summation. I did find that there are a couple of things there. Like, for example, how the judge dealt with the jury situation, the whole question of cartel's publicity. There are some other things there that I thought maybe if they went to the Privy Council, maybe they would win. And because it was, it was to me, there was more there to be kind of hashed out that I didn't necessarily see. But it, it seemed like a very fair and reasoned judgment. Uh, only thing I did say, maybe them could bring down the sentencing more since certain things were not considered. But yeah, it was a fair and reasoned judgment. Okay, there you have it. <laughs> I... Yeah, I, I wasn't following it that closely, so I can't really. I mean, Facebook apparently the other day when the news came out that he wasn't his appeal was not granted. Apparently that day six years ago, I had posted a lyric from one of his songs, "Malaya Big Queen's Council." So I'm not worried about Bill, and I put hashtag the irony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh crap! Look at me!" Besides that, that's all I know about that story. Child, I spent a whole day reading it just so I could summarize it for my friends. <laughs> It's a 235-page judgment. Wow. Yes. Quite long. You are blessed for doing that. Because, <laughs> oh, with the Lord. Bless your heart. All right. So, if you could wear one clothing item for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? If I could wear, oh gosh, it'd probably be a jockstrap because I'm a thought. Jesus. Gordon <laughs> yeah. wasn't ready. Yeah. I definitely, wasn't of ready. all the things that I thought you would have said, that was not it. Girl, that cape come to my mind for his cape. <laughs> I thought about that. Cape, listen, capes in Jamaica with our heart. I remember the last day. So when before oh, I was yeah, when I was leaving to go to Shiving and she gave me a send-off at the office, I brought capes for everybody so that everybody could like wear a cape for you know Glen Day, whatever. Child, everybody bitterly complained about the heat. And like Glenn Minuno, oh yeah, do this. They're hot. They can be very hot. I know to wear one way for the rest of my life. But <laughs> You can wear the jackstrap for the rest of my life. It have very, it have many functions. You know what? I'm not gonna ask what those functions are. I'm gonna leave that one leave for it. listeners to message you directly. Right. You no, know, no, uh, you know. Some things are on a need to know basis, and I do not need to know. So. <laughs> Oh my god. This is not a metaphor, but can you cook fish tea? Fush tea. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't really cook like that. I, I've, I've never made soup. I've never tried making soup. So, man, I don't know, maybe my mother showed me I couldn't do it. But why them ask me and I ask her something? This feel like a setup. <laughs> the people want to know. <laughs> Speaking of, I had, what was it, <laughs> cowskin and what was it, tripe in soup yesterday. And I just want to say, I feel like I am eating better than I have been before this started, which seems very strange to me. So, girl, can I eat? Yeah, go back to your roots, goods. Well, well, big up yourself, but me not name the tripe and the cow skin, I'm sorry. So big up yourself, me not that cultural. Okay, so if that's the case, y'all can leave the whole thing about spinners alone then. Let it go. Oh, girl, enough Jamaican. Oh, 
Try again. Mm. Wait, is it my turn? Let me... Oh, it's my turn. Okay, so the life you're living now, is it the life you've always envisioned for yourself? I wouldn't say it's the life I've always envisioned for myself, but it's definitely one I am pleased to have. I honestly can't recall having of it. I never thought that... I never thought my life would be advocacy, but I, it makes sense that it is, and I'm glad how it is going. Okay. What's your favorite fish slang? Not even how to respond to that. <laughs> what? I mean, I don't even know how to respond to that. Favorite fish slang? <laughs> what? You know, no. ah, is it? <laughs> that is it like, I, like, I'm guessing. That's what I'm... Like, puns with the word fish in there. Like, frankly, if you want if you want to see some of the best fish puns, just go for pink wall. When they might drag somebody, who them think we're... You know, it's homophobic, but some of them funny. They are hilarious. Listen, like the other day, they put up this video of two, two guys fighting and they're visibly queer. You just see the caption, fish fight. Like, I pay them for it. So if you want the fish song, go there, so, but homophobia acknowledge. But apart from that, I don't know, I don't know any fish specific language, the fish pond, that many fish ponds in my head. But I mean, if we talk about queer language in general, I mean, spilty is always our favorite, good as and goodables, any variation of a goodie. <laughs> Like, I'm a love answer. Yeah, that's been growing on me. I have never heard Goodables, though. That's a new one. Right, Goodables is new to me. Goody and Goodables. That sounds like something that you say when you're hosting an event. <laughs> good evening, Goody and Goodables. I'm like, that. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, so what series are you currently watching? Well, so, child, my opportunities. So last night I was looking for something new since my finished Tiger King and my man said go watch Lucifer. And I watched the first episode, it was actually good, but it was late in the night. I'm with my grandma bed. Wake up in the middle of the night, I feel like something I move rolling at the place. I'm going to turn on the light. I'm going to watch a show so late in the night again. Be like half out. The blood of God. I'm ready. I was terrified. And it was so funny because the show didn't even have any like terrible like it's the first episode they didn't have like any satanic iconography or anything like that. So we don't know, we don't know. Well, you know how these Illuminati Illuminati people are, they might find symbolism out of anything. So they didn't have the symbol that goat head symbol on a coin. But that did that to me that did make sense because given who they but it was so it was subtle, right? And since it's already Lucifer, like the subtle, it was it was a crime investigation. It was very banal. Like it was it could be any show and they just change a person name. And it would be it, it, the devil part wouldn't matter. Mm. But I could have, like you could do that in any show. So I don't know, maybe more watch it too late. I do have a question, quick question. Have any of you um checked out Elite? As of yet? I have not, but I have heard about it. Okay, so a friend put me on it the other day, and I, was, I wasn't I was interested at first, because I'm like, eh, whatever. I didn't know at the time that... So the actors are actually speaking in Spanish, but they dub it over in English, but I prefer to watch a Spanish version. But it's about, like, this group of, like, prep, ki- prep school kids, kind of, like, Gossip Girl-esque, but I wasn't prepared for the amount of nakedness, for one, um, but also queerness. Like, boys are kissing, kissing each other all over the place, and it's, it's a good time. So, I mean, if you're looking for something else to watch, you should check that out. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was not my question, not Crane's question. I might know. Or your turn. Good year, sir. Lady Marmalade was or is your favorite song. Sing your favorite verse, please. 
Put another embarrassment on this. Me nothing. Okay, I'm going to speak what my favorite verse is, and it's the Lily Kim's rap. And I knew it. It's Lily Kim's rap. Um, we can't make in other movies say I like right now, but just that that rap section is it. Catch me in a good vibe. Like more on the one video. So just like, I don't know if y'all ever saw when I did send this, the video with, with me and Christy doing bills, bills, bills. More mm-hmm. after that with me, Christy and Kim and somebody else. Way mm-hmm. down, my God. But either, like, either be Lily Kim or Christina, depending on how my film is supposed to be. It's not, <laughs> but yes, definitely Lily Kim's rap. Lily Kim is not surprising. Why not try stuff? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just saying you have lots of swag, Lenoir. That's all it is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's one attribute of your co-hosts that you absolutely love? Okay, well, I, I guess one for each. I love Cornell's dedication, uh, stick-to-itiveness, and that you're so honest and open. I think that's the, the best thing about you. Like, even when you're being silly and vulnerable and or vulnerable, you're still, you know, you're open. And I think that's the most beautiful part of you. You're not afraid. Or even if you are, you push past it to share that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I'm a love, my love, Karim vibes. She vibes it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. No. What's one topic that is yet to be explored on the show that you'd love to discuss? Girl, I will leave. I mean, I, I, because what people don't understand is that from, the, from day one, we list like 15 topics and then we do 10 episodes. And then now we're doing another set. Oh, we're doing another season full of episodes and there's so many that we have not touched and even like today JVM suggested i um, talking about I guess as part of the follow-up to the conversation with with Douglas talking about the whole notion of turning straight men and, and, and the kind of impact that has on the community and also our relationships with, 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 with straight men so even that's a next interesting topic so um and I mean I would say all of them that are on the list and, and everybody knows some more interviewed the fact five and so that one that we plan. <laughs> oh wow okay all right so the the person who is asking this question i'm assuming knows you well enough to be able to like ask these questions and so i don't know if this is going to be like uncomfortable or like strangely morbid but in addition to you know what role or place xavier would have in house of the house of Umoja. This person is also asking, do you think Xavier is proud of the person you've grown into since his departure? I definitely. I feel like I think I had, I remember who I was saying this to, and it was my housemate, that in the year that he passed, we had communicated how we felt about each other very clearly. And, 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 and I don't know what it was, but I, I made a point of cherishing every moment with him. I made a point of saying how proud I was of him, and he said the same. So, And he knew who I was becoming. And I remember it was so funny, the last thing he said to me is that you're a drag queen. <laughs> One of the last things that you're really a drag queen in truth. So I've, I've always held it like, hmm, I wonder if one day I should really consider learning how to do makeup and, you know, trying out drag. But I just know that at the end of the day, because he knew me so well, he knew I would always be me. And I've never stopped being me. I should be proud of that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I think so many people spend their lives not being able to be their full selves and their whole selves. And the fact that you've been able to tap into that so so early on is a huge achievement so 
make up yourself and all these things. Importantly, too, I think it's great that you have people, friends in your life that I don't find it robbery to kind of remind you of who you are and let you know how proud you are of them. Like that's that's amazing too. I can. Uh, I'm, I'm appreciative. Got me a few. Yeah, I'm appreciative of all the people that have been an art in my life that allow me to allow me to be me and, and, and celebrate me and also, and of course I celebrate them in return. All right, this one is a challenge. Good to say, a bitch, this is your hair, nails, hips, and heels. Clear a bitch. Go. <laughs> well, the first thing I do is decide whether or not she's worth it. And every girl ever make her dry own. So, right, like, so that's what you're supposed to do. Is like, maybe that's it. First of all, I learned a long time ago, and everything I put on with a stick up, what you put down is not worth my hands getting dirty. Mm-hmm. So, you'd move off from there. And then, if you if you think she's worth it, I feel like, yeah, we never like from long time. You drag up every single thing. Because here's this funny thing. It's when I like somebody, you get all of the tea. But the universe is working out that way there. You get all of the tea. And me the type of person, my have team saved up. Just in case somebody will not like, besides <laughs> say, to the other day, my have team saved up. So if you're that one, trust me, the file I get open, bam, I will just start. But me usually clap them. Me usually clap them language first. You know, it's, it's not the most ideal thing. Oh, yeah, are you in here? They don't care about being problematic. Just a sorry after. So, my clock, whether or not the delivery did make sense, my fix up the language for them to make them look like they're an idiot. And then we go. And, 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 and like, one of my more infamous lines is when I told somebody they weren't fit to drink my bath water. So, I, that would be oh, it. Oh, my God. Ooh, yes, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I also wasn't prepared for that either. So. <laughs> Listen, I go for the jugular and I don't pull my punches. So, you know, like me, the tweet the other day, do not try me. Do not. Because me, I'm going to mash up. Mash up your head and then we'll talk about it with the counselor after. So, Greg, I just ask you, please. Because, you know, people have this habit of, like, oh, you must understand. Some people have issues. You must be mindful. I'm going to say, yeah. But they must understand that me have issues too. So, be mindful of me. So, if we're not be mindful, we're not going to be mindful. I want to just so feel like it. But if we're be mindful, let's be mindful. I walk my own. That is my view. So if you step to me, be prepared because you're getting bullets. Child. So once again, I am pressed. Uh, okay. So look at me, look at the material, and now look at you. Does it make sense? Oh, yes. Yes. That is so me. And there's this thing. Like, it's one thing when I read my friends, I'm going to go back and forth. I'm have fun. But if, I, if it's a real, like, like somebody that I'm disliked and I'm going out with, my language becomes pointed. I'm speaking perfect English. And you're getting the, I am way too proper and distinguished to be dealing with this. But I'm dealing with this now, so let us go. <laughs> what do you think you have on me that you think we need to be having this conversation? You don't. I will use your time to develop you so that you can be fit to start the sentence so I can finish it for you. But we're not there yet, darling. Go learn to write. <laughs> That vibe there. That vibe there. Oh, Cornell, I hope your wig is still secure, darling. I mean, okay. Um, do, is, hold on. So wait, Christian. This is like, this might seem really random, but is Drag Race popular in Jamaica? I'm on gays. Very. Okay, so I feel like I just had an <laughs> Ayoub moment from Desmond Masters. I had a, your tone seems very pointed right now, a la Willem. And <laughs> your energy was well, also very like Shangela back in season three where she was talking about like she couldn't oh, have a sugar daddy. So that oh. was just like a lot that was going on. So my style is uh, is very Olivia Pope, but so fast talking, <laughs> um, but a very calm demeanor. Mm-hmm. But you know I'm angry because I'm I'm steaming, but I'm ensuring. Like if I want him to know for do, is channel the anger. Cause you're not gonna make me lose control if you're 
lose control, it's even worse. Because then I'm going to say terrible things that I will never apologize for because you made me, you got me there. So, and that's one thing we do. Me not, me not read you and apologize. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also imagine your training as a, you know, a practitioner, a student of law would have refined a lot of that. So, oh, yeah. there's that too. Uh, Whew. Okay, let me catch my breath. All right. So, these two, I'll combine these two questions since they are more or less the same thing. So, one person asks, what's one life decision you made that you regret and the other one was what's your biggest mistake so you can answer either of those questions or if they happen to be the same thing go for it hmm. well is it that's the thing i don't i mean i know it sounds cliche but i really don't believe in regrets per se i mean i do believe that a lot of the choices that we make teach us something so even in the teaching that's something i would not have gotten had i i had i not done that so yeah so it's, no i'm sorry i can't think of anything specifically that i regret mistake biggest mistake oh, i mean nothing jumps out immediately oh well no we can't think of one <laughs> when we did last month when we did lose my laptop in london that day and it prevents certain things from happening well not my laptop my bag with certain things and it prevents certain things from happening that, oh. Oh, that was a mistake that i wish didn't happen Mm-mm. oh you know i'm just gonna i i, I kind of because i'm all i'm, I'm kind of like would the thing that might have happened also been a mistake oh no it wouldn't have been okay <laughs> it really, right. it just really making sure trust me it would not have been okay i was looking forward to it so okay <laughs> okay oh god um, this one says what role has colorism and classism played in your life colorism not so so interesting enough i don't think colorism it might have i didn't notice i'm not saying it didn't but i might have not noticed and and i think with classism hmm, i would like to think that huh well it's one of those things where you know it affects you and it's not something that you experience but and I know I definitely realized I was poor at a certain point in my I was not well I never thought I was wealthy or rich or anything like that but I realized this, the, the reality of my poverty hit me when I started law school and I think I mean I think that it therefore presented certain challenges there but I mean I think I don't know that well I lie I guess the elitism of that space really did make me it's the reason why I never got called and I'm, I do and I'm going to do it and I keep saying I'm going to do it but I really want to do it that year but I know elitism that elitism did affect my decision not to be a practicing attorney and being a part of the, the, the fraternity as you will so um, I guess that would be the only way I could answer that question well look at that because the next question well one of them had asked which you just answered about whether or not you'll follow through with the process to be referred to as an attorney at law and practice and one other individual asked as an attorney how would you assess the diversity and inclusion within the fraternity so so I so I mean so just so let's be clear I have no interest in in in, in the the esteem or the kind of esteem that comes with calling yourself an attorney right okay. it's never been something that that drew me like oh I'm an attorney so I'm special you know when I'm when you say I'm an attorney people treat you different like Oh, right. And so, I mean, I will only say I study law, I teach law, but yeah, it's never something that drew me. So that would, that would never have been the pull, but I want to do it for all, for all the reasons, other reasons, like just making sure that when I explain law to people, that at least people won't be like, oh, he, he gave me legal advice and he's not a lawyer, so he shouldn't be. I don't want to get into those kind of issues. So that's the main thrust of why I'm going to get called. 
But the, the other question was, it's a very conservative, it's a very conservative profession. And it's something that also kind of never sat well with me from the dress codes to certain firms with images about, oh, if you work for this firm, you're supposed to look this way and you're supposed to get married by a certain time. You know, really? Oh, yes, there are firms like that I have heard. I've really? heard of them from my attorney friends. So, like, I'm not saying there aren't a lot of queer um, people in law. There are, and they thrive, and they do well. But, you know, it does have its conservatism that has never been of interest to me. And I think a lot more can be done. But it's, the interesting thing is a lot of them in their personal faces are open, are are accommodating but as a profession and then there are also certain elements within the profession because it's you have things like the lawyers christian fellowship which vehemently opposes any type of law and policy reform that is liberating for the lgbt community so so there are also those kind of enclaves of conservatism that thrive within the profession as well so Damn, I never thought about that. Oh my God. Mm -mm. Hey girl. All right. So, Glenroy, at what point in your life did you know you were destined for great things? Honestly, I, so, I never know. Like, so, all right, here's the thing I've always done well in school. So, I knew I was always good academically. Um, and I guess with the confidence of that, I knew I could achieve whatever I wanted from that standpoint. <clears throat> but if people are talking about the work that I do now and, and, and calling me great, thank you. So I never thought I'd be destined for this type of visibility in this kind of way. But I did know that I could succeed at certain things and that I probably would succeed at certain things, given how I was. So, oh, this person says, can we be friends? I know who it is. <laughs> um, and the answer is yes, you can message me. Aww. I think he's going to be so happy. We can keep keep. I mean, after. We don't <laughs> have to social distance. <laughs> <laughs> We're online. Where you mean? And um, that same person asked, how was the house of Yemoja formed? So, I mean, I remember once time Javen had said that all you did was add structure to something that was just already there. Um, and he was right. So people, a lot of the people in the house always came to me for advice and support. And the numbers kind of were, were growing. And it got to a point where I felt, okay, you know what? I think it's best if I create a structure out of this so at least I can manage everybody. And a lot of them were already friends. So it wasn't like apples and oranges together. So in, I think December 2017, before I went, before I spent Christmas with my godmother, I, I invited out some of them and I was like, let's all go to brunch at, I think it was Tea Tree. Um, and the rule was anybody who showed up for the brunch would be automatically a part of the house. And my rule was we had to, you had to support, like a, you had to come to a, a family event, even though we weren't formalized then for me to um, formally consider you as a part of the structure. Cause then, you know, you would have committed to being a part of the thing. And then from that, it just kind of happened. And then I met Christy in 2018 and realizing that I was spending that much time and I'm realizing the similarities in terms of our personalities and our values. I said, let, let you be a part of this thing as auntie to help me with the kids. Um, I'd say it just naturally happened that the people that came to that brunch and we had other events after, they became a part of that circle. And I started to kind of, in a much more kind of systematic way, kind of claim support and encourage them to be better people. Here, here. I want to be a mother. <laughs> Child, that stress me out. As I said, I've been across them before. Always across. Oh, okay. I think you might like this one. What type of mother are you? Are you an Electra or Blanca? I'm both. Um, I was going to say that. I knew it. 
Yeah, it's probably one or the other. Yeah, I couldn't. So I have to be electro with my kids because as much as they love Blanca, they get that Blanca on a, a lot of times on an individual basis when they come to me and I see, are they in trouble and I realize they need the support. I'm definitely that Blanca vibe with them. But, you know, and, and, and I, my, one of my fundamental principles is never to kick my kids when they're down. And sometimes even when they are in the wrong, especially because they bicker a lot and they have a lot of issues with each other. So I try to ensure that I don't take sides. I still say this would have been the better approach, but I, I ensure that what I do is I, you know, provide that kind of support. And I said, yes, what, this is where you went wrong, but your mother's love is unconditional, that kind of thing. But then at the group level, when we need things to get done, when we need them for sale, them, them yearly plans and them budget and them annual budget and stuff like that. But forget about my focus, I'm for drag. When shit hit the fan, I'm gonna need things to improve. I'm gonna need them for stop carrying certain negative behaviors that is only going to be in them path, then I'm going to have to drag and I have to drag in sometimes some very strong terms because them don't like you. So it has to be a mixture of the two. And, I, and sometimes I trend more to electro than Blanca. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, question, are, is it, I guess what I'm asking is, is there space for other, or like new family members? Always, always. I mean, people have left, so um, there, there, there's, there will always be space for new family members. And, and I low-key think when I went to London, I did create a, a, a little kind of emoja group there, even though it wasn't a family so-called, you can call it whatever they want, but yeah. Mm, okay, uh, let's see here. What does your dream date look like? Oh, child, you know, I used to know, so many really have a dream date. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about it. I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't have, I mean, I don't have any like big fancy anything. Child, show up, give me something nice. Can I make some, can I make somewhere with me, something to you? Oh, probably some, I mean, it would be nice to go somewhere, maybe not necessarily dinner or a movie, anything. Oh, a lie. I would love if somebody carried me to like one of those places where you and, you and your friend can play video games together. That I, I would actually like that. And then after, I'll probably drive, go out and look out and sit down with her and drink some wine and stuff. That would be cute. Cute. Mm-hmm. The, the, the video game things is a bit surprising though. What's that about? I, wait, I play lots of video games. I have a PS4. Oh, really? Yes. So you're a you're a gamer. Well, not a gamer. I'm gonna go online with something that it's it's a spare time thing. So um, but I do I have like fighting games so that so that when when I had my own space, the girls used to come over. We'd all sit and play. I remember one night, me and Christy, we were playing Mortal Kombat um ten MK ten, and I was Melina. I was I think I was Kitana, and she was Melina. The other way around. We literally played against each other into the next morning. Like it was a constant fight because they had gotten much better at it. So we were fighting at the same level and it was it was amazing. I love I love being with my kids playing around, playing video games and we we'll have fun together. So yeah. Um but they don't like fighting because I I most I win most of the time. So yeah. But yeah, I love my video games. Always have. So I wasn't aware that this was a thing until recently, but apparently there's like a whole community. And I mean, when I was saying gamer earlier, I meant like G-A-Y-M-E-R. Oh, because apparently, yeah. apparently gay gamers is like a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Video games. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that you were a member of that particular cohort. So look at that. I love Kingdom Hearts. I, so since I came back, I've been playing back the entire Kingdom Hearts um, franchise, I guess you could call it. So there's a, there's a series of about 10 games and I have like nine of them on two discs. And then I have the, the newest one, Kingdom Hearts 3, that I have not played yet because I promised myself I would not play it until I finished everything all over again. So, yeah. 
So I'm building up to Kingdom Hearts 3. That's what I'm doing now, on top of playing Injustice and MKTN. I don't like racing games and terrible at them and terrible at gun games, but give me a good adventure game, a good fighting game. Yes. Whoa. Were you a Mortal Kombat person back in the day? Or no? Yeah, but remember me I mentioned Mortal Kombat earlier. But yes, yeah, so what happened? So I grew up with, I like, my father did have a Nintendo 64. My uncles had let them get game from them for at different points in time. So um, that's like on my father's side. So they would always be playing Mortal Kombat. So I've always liked it there. But they've never used to make me play enough. So of course, a bitch would have to grow up and get their own. No, sorry. I They, they were like a, a couple of things running across my head. And I asked because when I saw this thing on Twitter a while back, where and it could be like games but also uh tv shows cartoons growing up where hints or indications of our queerness were, well, were like awkward okay that yeah that's where i was going to so, like the stuff that we were drawn to um because well, i mean, love kitana that's why i love fans. kitana is the reason why i love fans now let us be real <laughs> <laughs> The reason why I, I get all the fans. You know, she was a bad bitch killing people with fans in her hand. Yes. And Cinder with the hair? Girl, girl. Yeah. Apparently, because I, I was going through, I, was, I saw these like old like Digimon and Pokemon characters. And apparently like particular characters were like part of queer culture. And I was like, I had no idea, but I love these things. So yeah. who knew? I also didn't realize that was the last question. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, all right, we'll go through them as usual. Oh, but that was a lovely segue. Y'all got to learn something about me that you didn't expect. A lot of people, don't, a lot of people are usually don't expect me to be love games, but I do. I do. I love my bitches in video games. I love so actually. So now, maybe because my host made them hours I win, so I'm gonna really play Mata with them because that like they spent they play it more than I do because it's out there so they would play it and they get better and I come home and I can't be bothered so I don't even bother playing Mortal Kombat with them I mostly play in no I'm good at injustice so Catwoman Zatanna them can't manage it mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in Catwoman and get scratched and she do I look up her it's nice <laughs> very proud <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do appreciate the range of questions though, because it wasn't it was about like random oh. hobbies, but like professional interests and personal interests and sexual <laughs> interests. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in addition to the fact that you're getting like two episodes worth of questions, I feel like overall the quality of the questions, I'm, I feel like we learned more about you than in the others. So that's what I say. Yeah, no, but my favorite is still yours, Cornell. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> yeah, that is fun. That is nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a forceful pull not the whole tail. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, wow. but, but this was good. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, all of the fans, all of the good peeps. Thank you for for sending all of your questions, for sending so many questions. That good just never realized I would have for the Twitter mirror. But this was really nice. Thank you for supporting Fish Tea, and remember to like, comment, share, give us your feedback. We are at Fish Tea Podcast on all socials, and if you want to email us your feedback, it's Fish Tea Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Stay safe wash your hands in the corona social distance physical distance and sauce put it in your mouth if I'm not out here I know and above all things stay sophisticated yeah bye bye <laughs>